Hey there, welcome to the Pine Island Experience Podcast. I'm Joanna Anderson with my husband, Trigby. Each of our episodes will be conversations with fellow Pine Islanders. The goal of our podcast is to share with you our experiences, what we have found to be fun, and what makes the Pine Island Experience so unique. It's easy to, when you have a vision, to make it how you want it to be, not what listening to your customers and what you believe like they would they would enjoy. So the one thing about the island that was always kind of odd to me is you rarely feel like you're on an island, you know. So it's there's a lot of clubs and concrete buildings and things like that. But you know, I really wanted to, obviously, phase one of two with what I've done so far. I kind of wanted to capture that vibe of Pine Island, like an old fisherman kind of village, town, tavern for the inside. And then once I get to be able to do the outside, I'll be able to kind of take advantage of, you know, the island vibe. You know, a lot of landscape, trees, tiki huts, stuff like that. Yeah. I see I see sand dance floor in my future there. <laughs> we need some sand around here. You were listening to Dennis Borky, owner of Froggies in St. James City. Dennis knew Froggies was a great place thanks to the culture that Romana built. After the Ian disaster and by using his construction experience, Dennis turned it into an opportunity, redesigning and rebuilding Froggies while maintaining the vibe of Pine Island. And now, here's Dennis. Well, thank you, Dennis, for joining us today on the podcast. We appreciate it. Thanks for taking time away from your busy schedule with Froggies. Mm-hmm. The before we get into the restaurant, though, we want to talk about you, you okay. know, about your your history, you where you've been, where where you've worked until you came to Pine Island, if you could kind of fill us in. Okay. Um, so I was born and raised Philadelphia. Um, there, um, I was a football player in high school. Um, pretty much, I had a couple scholarships already to go somewhere. Uh, then I ended up breaking my neck. Um, so, yeah, I had a um, spinal fusion. Oh, no. Yeah. Um, after that, kind of ended the career a little bit. It was supposed to be paralyzed, but oh. um, I actually have a abnormally large spinal column that actually protected the vertebrae. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So then after that, I just kind of went to work. My dad had a piano moving company, so started working with him. And after I was working with him, started moonlighting in construction for myself. Uh, started doing kitchens and baths, nights and weekends. And then I started flipping houses, started getting into real estate. That was cool. After that, I still had my real estate company up in Philadelphia, so I traveled back and forth uh, there. Uh, there I have three kids. It's going pretty well still. The market's getting a little hairy. Mm-hmm. I got my uh, my brother running it, so I might have to go back to customer work, kind of get out of the residential market right now. And then I saw an opportunity, which was the Bokelia Fishing Pier, Um I saw that that was for sale. Well, actually, it wasn't for sale, but I put an offer in. And then me and my one business partner, we purchased, it's the pier, Captain Khan's property, and the marina behind it, Basile Island Seaport. And, wow. Was yeah. that before or after you, you found the, the gate? Uh, that was before. Okay. So that was about two and a half years ago in August. Okay. Two, two Augusts ago is when I made the move down here and per- we purchased that property. Wow. Yeah. 
But congrats. How did you do that with the gate? I mean, was it your background? I mean, did you have the equipment to find that Volkelia gate Um, or pier gate? So a diver actually found it. Um, He took it upon himself to help look for it. And uh, me and my business partner, Bill, we built a raft. Um, It was actually out of an old deck that we got out of um, KOA. So we chopped the deck. Yeah, we chopped the deck up off of a trailer. And then... um, throw it in the back of a truck in sections and put it back together on like big floats. You're resourceful. Yeah. <laughs> and that's why you're good at flipping houses too, right? I mean, because of your experience and resourcefulness. Yeah. Good at solving problems. <laughs> cool. Well, before we go too far, because I love football, what position did you play? Middle linebacker. Middle linebacker. Yeah. All right. Yeah. It'd be dangerous at any position, but particularly that one. Yeah, I mean, and the way they used to tell you to hit back then was to lead with your head and then bring your hand. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. then oh. wrap them up. Yeah, so it was like a car crash often, you know, oh just every every hit, especially if you got a full back running up the middle and full speed. You're going full speed. Yeah. Wow. And you're the number one guy usually that the line likes to get to to free the running back up as well. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's a it's a hell of a position on the football field. Yeah. Yeah. It was fun. It was a lot of fun. So you mentioned buying that property up there. So Philadelphia born and bred. How did you discover Pine Island? Because for a lot of people, it's still kind of a hidden asset. Like they know a lot about Florida, but they don't know a lot about Pine Island per se. So honestly, I didn't know anything about Pine Island. So I was on my way um, driving down to the Keys with my business partner. I always knew I wanted to be in Florida. I know I favored the West Coast of Florida. Um, so we were calling a realtor and he actually spoke to the realtor and he asked him, he said, um, you know, we're looking for a property that's on the water, preferably has a marina, a restaurant on it and zone for mobile park. I looked at him. I was like, are you out of your damn mind? (laughs) I was like in Florida and this is when the height of COVID everyone's running down here. I said, you're crazy. Yeah. And so the realtor goes, well, I might have something that's not on the market. But I know he was trying to sell it before. Mm-hmm. And he goes, and it's on an island. And I was like, you got to be shit. <laughs> it's in all those pieces, and it's on an island? I said, like, okay. That was no short list of requirements, right? <laughs> no, no, no. Um, so we drove down here. We looked at one property in Tampa, then we made our way down to here. Um, we checked out that property and fell in love with it pretty quickly, saw all the potential, you know, how valuable it was. And starting made an offer. It was a tough negotiation, but you know, he came it came through and we, we finally purchased it in August um twenty one. And that's when I moved down here full time. Yeah. Wow. So the realtor really then led you to Pine Island, right? Yes. So now you own property on Pine Island. You saw the potential, etc. Had you ever been in the restaurant or bar business prior to getting down here? No. So th- so this is a, and I don't know, I don't read the stats anymore, but restaurants kind of were number one small failing business. Now, granted, Froggy's is an island tradition. Yeah. So you weren't starting from scratch, but to go from uh, piano moving to construction and flipping, mm-hmm. uh, and then to jump over to, restaurant bar ownership and take us kind of through the thought process there i don't know (laughs) (laughs) 
I'm kind of nuts. I kind of get bored of okay things easily. So I, honestly, at first I wasn't looking for a restaurant or a bar. I was looking for um, a property to flip. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went into Sandy Peculius. Um, I went into her office and I said, hey, I'm looking for a property um, to flip. And she's like, okay, well, she prints some things out. And Sandy being Sandy, she threw froggies in there in front of it. <laughs> she's like, oh, in case you want to have a restaurant bar. And I was like, yeah, okay, Sandy, let me look at a couple of properties. And then I looked at it, and um, I feel really strongly about the potential of this island and where I think it can go. And honestly, I saw value in uh, the 4COP liquor license. Mm-hmm. Um, so the liquor license, you know, we also have takeout liquor that we can have there. And it's pretty much the best license you can have mm-hmm. in the county uh, and the real estate and the property. And I knew there was a potential that I could purchase the properties behind um, Froggies as well with the potential of expansion. Uh, and when it comes to the bar restaurant business, I mean, it is very, very difficult. Mm-hmm. It's, it's difficult to manage uh, the multiple employees trying to get everybody to show up and get along, you know, and um, still provide excellent service to customers is, is very difficult and still be profitable with the increasing of food prices, alcohol prices, and still trying to create good service and be affordable to your customers while keeping the electric on. It's, it's tough. It's, yeah. it's hard. You really got to stay on top of it. Because I think one of the things, at least for the vast majority of us, if we're not in that business, Mm-hmm. You and, and you know, if you think about the regular workaday world, we get you show up at eight or nine, whatever's required, and you go home five or six. Now there are jobs with different schedules, but that's such a different business because there's such a tremendous amount of work behind the scenes in terms of you can't serve food if it hasn't been ordered in, and there might be prep cooking that needs to be done, and the alcohol order, and these kinds of things, and. Get, so when somebody walks in and they say, hey, yeah, let's go have a couple of drinks at Froggy's, which is great, but there's a boatload of work that's gone on to be able to even be able to go in and, and get that, you know, liquor licenses and all that stuff combined. And, you know, and then they bring up the cash register and walk out. And then you've got to clean everything mm-hmm. afterwards, clean it before, et cetera. So, yeah, there's a, and having never dealt probably with what food vendors, alcohol vendors, et cetera, in the past, right? So that's yeah. all fresh territory for you as well. It is, but uh, I just had a lot of confidence in my ability to to know numbers and and understand people. And I every every business is very you know it's very similar. You know, if you're good with people, you're understanding with people, and at the end of the day, you can read the numbers, figure out what's working, what's not working. Mm-hmm. You know, and be able to make adjustments and you know, continue to have the tenacity to keep working at it. I still believed it didn't really matter what I got into. It'd it'd be okay. Yeah. yeah. You know, but going back to what you're saying about the cleaning up and preparing. Yeah. I tell everybody it's like, um, it's like preparing for a graduation party every day. Like the stress (laughs) of making sure you have everything like, Oh no, we're out of cranberry juice or Mm -hmm. there's every day there's something. And then, you know, you, you still have to stay on top of your advertising and promotionals cleaning all your different products that are coming in all the time, making sure everything's good, safe, and staff calling out or, you know, all, all that fun stuff you get to deal with every day. Wow. It, it's, it's tough. Yeah, it's difficult. It's tough business. Mm-hmm. So you buy Froggies and I believe uh, early days, and uh, I think you originally quoted saying, you know, Froggies is Froggies and kind of 
I may be paraphrasing you hopefully correctly, is that you respected the island and the history of the establishment, and mm -hmm. you, you took it over, and I'm sure you were making changes, but there were no initial overt changes. Um, so was that also then one, I think, probably appealing to islanders, right, who were used yeah. to going to the place as well as getting your feet wet in terms of the business and what you're going to have to do? Sure. I mean, um, Romana did an excellent job. Her and Boris did a very good job. She's a very hard worker. Um, so I didn't want to change the culture that she built. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe a couple things interior with um, things that with my little bit of experience being there, I thought I could make flow a little bit better, be a little bit more um, expedite, you know, different processes and things like that. I wanted to kind of change a little bit. And, but, you know, um, outside of that, <clears throat> I really wanted to keep the culture of the island that's here. I didn't want to, I'm not a commercial guy. No, so I didn't want to make it commercial. So I liked the fact that it was a very personal, you know, mm -hmm. personable experience. Um, and I liked the fact that, you, like, oh, we're welcome. You know, you really didn't you know who, who you're sitting next to or who you're playing pool with, and nobody cares. No, no one's in there talking about how much money they have or how right. much money they don't have. So I like that about the island, and that's one of the things that did attract me to this island as a whole. You know, it's not... It's not Miami. It's not somewhere, you know, that's trying to be very expensive. It's very laid back. And, you know, it's a really nice place to be, nice place to live. And I was trying to keep that culture within Froggies. That was smart because yeah. it, it, everyone loves it. Yeah. And it's a late night bar, the only mm -hmm. late night bar on the island, right? right. And mm -hmm. her food was wonderful. Yeah. And... Everybody, I mean, you saw them lining up at four o'clock to go to get in, you know, every day. Yeah. You know, yeah. people loved it. That was so smart of you not to change anything right away, you know? Yeah, especially, you know, like you were saying, with the lack of experience, I, I'm not going in there, you know, changing anything that worked, you know? So, like, she did a very good job, and I wanted to keep, keep it the way she had it. And not to talk about the uh, unfortunate incident, but how long were you open before Ian hit? Approximately. Six months. Six so I was in the bar months. business for wow. six months before we had four and a half feet of water in there. So then that hits. Um, take us through a little bit about the remodeling process uh, or just, you know, bringing, bringing it back to life in terms of the effort that it took. And I know you've been quoted saying about how the employees came in and mm -hmm. pitched in to help. I mean, that had to be, for only six months of ownership, I mean, that had to be a tremendous feeling for you. Yeah. Yeah, um, and again, that really goes back to the culture that Ramana had built there. You know, a lot of a lot of the girls that she had there were very, very good, and and the Islanders are very good to them. You know, they they make very good money. They get tipped very well for the service that they provide, and they're very loyal to the business and the island themselves. And you know, they wanted their jobs back, and they would call and see you know whatever they could do to come give me a hand and volunteer when they could when they weren't cleaning up. Their, their personal lives mm -hmm. from the mess. How great mm -hmm. is that? Yeah, and they, they would they came in, and then after that, I would um, was trying to do the outdoor parties to be able to, you know, generate some income for them on the weekends, and they would alternate right. bartending and stuff like that for people. Yeah, it was it was good. That was fun. We went to the outdoor yeah. ones. Yeah. It was it, so different, but it was perfect back there. Yeah, you know, we enjoyed it. Yeah, and that's what kind of sparked the idea a little bit to really want to make that outside expansion too mm -hmm. now who did the design for 
I don't know if I should call it the new Froggies, but <laughs> it was that all you or? Yeah. Was it really? Mm -hmm. To each his own, but I got to say, it it just is great in there now. I mean, I think he went, and you would know better than I, but it seemed like there was room for maybe 15 plus or minus at the bar. And now you've probably got 36 at least, you know, with the reorientation when you talk about the process and stuff, it's lined up. So if people want to sit at the bar, they can, and you mm -hmm. got plenty of tables, but you used to kind of walk in and you felt like you're always walking into something yeah. or having to walk around something. And now uh, I don't flow is the right word. It's probably overused in design, but it, it just seems like it's very, easy to get around in there now no yeah no that that was important too i froggies would get so busy and i know that uh, as a customer when i was first go there you couldn't even get in the back door because of kind of how corralled yes. the flow would be with with traffic and um everybody ordering drinks um and at one spot and things like that i think i can't remember um i know right now we have about 42 bar stools i think we had maybe around 28 to 30 before. Okay. So it's close to like a 30% increase, something like that. No, but that's great. Yeah, yeah. And um, also increase the seating as well mm -hmm. with having the flow more that way. But yeah, uh, there's a lot of things uh, before the girls would have to fight the crowd, go from behind the bar to go to the ice machine. Yeah, all the way around, right? All the way around, <laughs> fight, fight the pool players, the dancers. And they have to go the to the crowd. kitchen. Yeah. You know, yeah. it was unbelievable. Yeah, so I, I, the way I really designed it is I wanted to take the longer side of the building so I can have a longer bar, stay parallel with that. And that also allowed me to ha have them be able to have quick access to the kitchen on one side, mm -hmm. liquor room, beer storage uh, on the other. And now it also opens up the floor to be able to be a little bit more creative and lay it out the best you can. Plus, it's beautiful. Oh, thanks. Yeah. The, the first night we were there, I could hardly, you know, I, we, I just kept looking around. <laughs> I said, I cannot believe this. It was, it was such a huge change, and yeah. all for the better. Gorgeous. All the TVs. Yeah. Uh, you know the the band area. Mm -hmm. One pool table. Now you don't have to dance around the pool tables. Not that I was dancing, yeah. but I mean, it was. It just everything fell into place. Yeah. Well, it didn't I, fall into place. You designed it that way. Yeah. It's gorgeous. No, I, I appreciate it. Yeah, the pool tables was a big question for everybody. They wanted to know if we're going to have a pool table or not. <laughs> and I'm like... Well, as long as you hit the important issues, then. Yeah. You know, was there going to be a pool table? <laughs> Where are we, When are we getting a second pool table? I'm like, do we really need a second pool table? <laughs> <laughs> That's too funny. Yeah. It was used a lot, though. The pool table before, but I mean, it was, but really in the restaurant <laughs> business, I mean, that two pool tables would probably be maybe a little helpful out of season, but I mean, in but, season, yeah. if you can have it, one or two more mm -hmm. dining tables, and mm -hmm. yeah, you're, and turn two of them over maybe three yeah. times a night. I mean, the pool tables really can't compete with that. Right. Right. It was always crowded. I mean, there's always people. It was full in there. Yeah. You didn't need two pool tables. Yeah, no, it's a little aggressive, <laughs> in my funny. opinion. And did you do, with your construction background, did you do all the cleanup and, and remodeling or were you able to hire people to help you with that? Because I'm sure you wanted to get back in business and start having income, mm -hmm. not only for the staff, but for yourself as well. So kind of what was that process like? At Froggies? Yes, yeah. Um, 
So at Froggy's, what I ended up having to do, um, I designed it, I laid it out, you know, methodically, time and time again, scrapped it, laid it out, scrapped it, laid it out. Um, I was doing a lot on my own, and I really wanted to catch at least the tail end of season to mm-hmm. be able to make a little bit of money back from everything that had to get reinvested back into the remodel. So I just... I knew I wasn't going to be able to do that down here because everybody was so busy. I mean, just getting material was a, was work. Um, so I actually called the guys that helped me and with my construction company up north, and I had them come down to give me a hand. Okay. Yeah, so it was my brother, my friend Tom, and who's an electrician, my lead carpenter, a couple helpers, you know, and still um, utilizing some of the help I was getting here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you pulled, you pulled it off. I mean, it's a huge success. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it seemed like forever, but it wasn't that long. Yeah. By the time once I actually was able to actually get started and get everything kind of in line. So we went from a place that, uh, and, you know, we've joked about the pool tables and stuff, but um, maybe had, and time is not good, one or two small TVs and in that redesign, then you, decided to put TVs up over the bar. So mm-hmm. uh, where did that come from? And I assume part of a vision for continuing to grow froggies. And um, There really wasn't somewhere where people could really enjoy watching sports that mm-hmm. much down here. And I had a lot of backlash on that as well, where a lot of people said, oh, no, this is a fish and drinking island. Nobody really wants cares to watch sports. I'm like, I don't know about that. Yeah, who you know? said that? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, everybody, most people that are on the island are from somewhere else. Yes. And they like to they either went to college somewhere or they're big fans of an NFL team or something like that from another another state, another city. So just another way to kind of make people feel a little bit more at home, mm-hmm. you know, as a, you know, coming from somewhere else and still kind of bring that local together kind of feel, you know, was kind of the goal with increasing the amount of TVs. And Sundays have actually been taken off pretty good. I got people kind of doubted if anybody would actually want to come in to watch pro football, but it's actually taken off pretty good. Well, that's interesting because both of them are big draws. I, you know, again, not being in the business, but I, I think people are creatures of habit, right? So, you know, they never had that opportunity mm-hmm. Down here, at least in St. James City, right. um, I know there's a couple other establishments on the island that'll do like an NFL special and special appetizers kind of stuff. But you know, it's like it's it wasn't the routine to go out and watch TV. But you know, with the uh, being able to see any team, I assume you have Sunday tickets, so any every yeah. team can be seen. So you're to your point. So many people are from other parts of the country and might want to see that team play without having to pay a lot of money. Yeah, and it's funny because even the customers that came in and they were like, hey, what are you doing with all these TVs? This isn't a sports bar. No one's going to want to watch this. They're the same ones. Like, hey, can you put that channel on? Yeah, hey, can exactly. you put this channel yeah. on now? <laughs> well, that's a little bit funny to me because almost anywhere you go, if there's a TV on, and not that people just aren't talking and interacting, joking, drinking, having a good time, if you watch, they'll all, they're all flipping their eyes up. And yeah. I don't know if it's the movement or the change of color or something, but even if you were to play... And I'm not, please not suggesting this, but if you're just to play news channels in there, yeah, you know people are going to look up because mm-hmm. they're going to hear see a headline or the ticker or want to know what the weather is. So I think there's a difference between 
a place that only does sports and it's all sports memorabilia or yeah. something like that. Yeah. And it feels like, I don't know, kind of like a, uh, a man cave kind of place versus a place where you can come and drink with friends and have food and enjoy a sporting event as well. Right. Right. That was, that was more of where I was going for. And I think that the more TVs make the place feel more alive. Mm -hmm. So if you happen to go there when we're a little slow, and there might be only a couple people sitting at the bar. There's a big difference if you have a couple TVs on to kind of make it feel more alive than mm -hmm. looking at somebody else quiet across the like you know across the way. And then the business challenges. So that means you have to open earlier than it traditionally open on Saturdays and Sundays. So then you've got staffing, etc. Mm -hmm. And and uh, and any food specials that go along with either of those, or is it the regular menu on during football times on Saturday and Sunday? Um, so with the purchase of wings or pizza, you know, we have a bucket beer special. Okay. So there's a few dollars off. About, I think it's roughly around $4 off a bucket of beer with the purchase of wings or pizza. That's popular, I would bet. Mm -hmm. yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Especially when you're coming in with a group. Yeah. And then, sadly, football will be coming to an end. Yeah, <laughs> sadly. Well, the good thing with that is as it's coming to an end, we start coming into season, so. Yeah. Well, true, true. Yeah. Um, and none of March Madness is on early in the morning, so you don't have no. a big risk or exposure there. So that'll kind of be a fall preseason, pre not sports preseason, pre-island season activity to open early Sunday. Go back to regular hours uh, on the weekends. Are you thinking you're going to stay open on those? I'm I'm going to give it a shot and stay open Saturday and Sunday. Okay. Especially with the limited options that people have in St. James to eat. Mm -hmm. um, uh, we're going to be releasing the new menu by the end of the month. Um, nothing crazy, but the more stable menu. And then we're going to start doing mm -hmm. food specials um, on top of that. And uh, I'm pretty confident we're still going to get enough traffic that'll be worthwhile opening up Saturday and Sunday during the afternoons. Well, there's baseball. He's not mentioning that, but there's yeah. Major League Baseball. Well, you, Dennis doesn't want to put people to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> I watched baseball at, yeah. at Froggy's. Yeah. It was good. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned the food because I noticed at the bottom of the menu, and again, I'm paraphrasing something about please be patient while we tweak the menu. So mm. that's one of the questions we wanted to ask you is, How's that progressing? And I guess with a new menu it did the month quite well. <laughs> yeah, it's it it's hard, you know, because you want to balance to where you don't have such a large menu to where you need so much material mm -hmm. because then you have the potential for more waste. Yeah. So that's it's tough juggling quality and the right amount of quantity and and then teaching everybody how to plate it and cook it properly. And making sure it's, you know, you're going to make money at it. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, minor detail, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's a, it's a little bit of a process. And again, I'm new to it a little bit. So it was the first time um, I had to to do it. So it's more like I try it, go back, I look at the numbers, I crunch it. Well, can we make it cheaper? How, how's this going to work? And then try to track trends of the limited menu and mm -hmm. what product sells more. And, you know, kind of run off of that a little bit and piggyback off that and see how much things should cost, you know, based on that. You know, what was fun was the, the food trucks before. Oh, yeah. You had the kitchen. That You had some great food trucks out there. We enjoyed that. I, I was also thinking about when we were doing the food trucks, I was even thinking about shutting the kitchen down one day a week and just bring a food truck in. 
that was one of the biggest thoughts I had while we were doing the food trucks. Is kitchens are, they're tough, you know, and even if I can give everybody a break, you know, once a week mm-hmm. and bring food trucks in, I might try that again. But again, now you're relying on other people. Yes. Again. So you're going to, once you do that, you have a food truck says, oh, well, sorry, I can't make it. That's not going to work if they can't make it. No. It's <laughs> no. probably one of the hardest parts of running a business is you can drive yourself and you can work all these hours and do all this stuff. Invariably, that success in almost any line of work then leads to needing employees. I remember she was a small business person years ago and she went to this like an SBA kind of meeting and getting mm-hmm. advice. I think it was like a free seminar. To, and the guy stood up and said, try not to hire people. That's my number one takeaway <laughs> for you from today. So I, yeah. and I'm not talking about the people you have today, but I mean, those thoughts have to come through your mind is just like the food truck is. It's not whether you think it's a good idea or not. Can I advertise that XYZ will be here on this day? Then they don't show up. What do I do? Yeah. Now I'm scrambling. Maybe I have to open up the kitchen. Can I get my people in who thought they had a day off? And all that juggling, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, it's difficult. Well, even with the construction company up north, I I, I grew it to where I had, you know, 25 employees that solely worked for me. Mm-hmm. And then finding the work for them constantly, keeping them employed constantly, you know, all that was very, very, very difficult. So what I would do, well, actually what became better for me was scaling back. So I scaled back to just three people, um, one carpenter, my brother, who's more technical with HVAC and electric and things like that, and and a helper, and then myself. So if I needed to be there, I could be there. And it was tight. And then I would just sub everything out. So if, if they were too busy, then I would call a solid subcontractor for flooring and solid paint contractor. It worked better. It worked a lot better. And you had like a contingency plan. If this happens, Mm -hmm. then I'll do this. Yeah. But it was, when I scaled down, stress was a lot less and profitability was a lot higher. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's the one thing that is difficult, you know, with the restaurant business. You do need all this staff. Mm -hmm. Um, And you do get worried. Are you overstaffed at a certain time? Because you don't know what's going to happen, but you also don't want to be understaffed. Right. So do you have two waitresses on tonight because you anticipate it's going to be busy? Or do you have one waitress on tonight? Or do you have no waitress? You know, and you never know. You don't, even, you don't know what it's going to bring. And so you got to make those decisions on the fly a lot. The same thing in the kitchen. You could be completely overstaffed with your restaurant. If you, in my opinion, if you keep service on the forefront, mm-hmm. you can't go wrong. At least it'll be an investment. So it's worth it to pay two people to sit around and do nothing and give them something to do but still provide excellent service to a customer who, who's going to want to come back. So that's invaluable in comparison, in my opinion. No, I can't remember. Did you have pizzas before, or is this new to Froggies, pizzas? Uh, that's new. Okay. Yeah. Um, I just always kind of, when I got there, I kind of envisioned pizzas doing well. Um, they got good profit margins. It's, it's easy to do, mm-hmm. and there's minimal waste. Um. So that alone was worth experimenting and looking into alone. You uh, with came that. up with a pickle and bacon pizza. <laughs> I did. <laughs> That's yeah. very popular? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, never heard of that combination. <laughs> no, I was just kind of messing around. And uh, I, I, at first I tried it with ranch, and then we now we do it with Thousand Island, and it ended up being better. Really? Yeah. 
Yeah, so that was yeah, that was different. But I thought I invented the wheels, and I, once I looked it up, it's been done before. So oh, I can't really? think too much. Yeah, so I can't. Because I think the cheesesteak pizza has been done. If you're thinking about that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no. No. Yeah. No, that's 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 a really good solution for your place. I would think pizza. Everybody's hungry. Mm-hmm. You know, even late at night, you serve pizza. Yep. So, so. we're going to continue doing it late at night. Um, probably shut it down around ten o'clock. Um, but it's still a late night option. It's a shareable. You know, people can put it in before they go home if they're not hungry now, but think they'll be hungry an mm-hmm. hour later. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's going to be pretty good in season. It, 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 it does it does well now. It actually, last time I checked, which was last week, it was 50% of the gross food sales. Really? It was just so it was alone. a good idea on your part to put pizzas in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Smart. Yeah, well, that's when you go back to the menu. Like, do we need all this stuff? <laughs> yeah, maybe we don't need these other things. Yeah. Now, yeah. the shrimp burger is really good. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah. I like that a lot. A friend yeah. of mine told me about it. Mm-hmm. That in the Greek salad, it's to die for. You know? Yeah, the Greek, the Greek salad always did well. Yeah. That, that, that was always on the menu. Yeah. Yeah, that's a high seller. Yeah, it's funny you mention that because uh, years ago, I watched a couple of the restaurant overhaul shows. Mm-hmm. And invariably, the first thing is they looked at the menu and said, are you kidding? Yeah. That to do and really kind of to, to do it well with good service. Yeah. At that volume, you can't possibly have a menu with 100 items. No. You know, you have to pick. So the waste and your other business issues notwithstanding, I think the desire to appeal to everybody can actually be end up being detrimental kind of thing because if you're putting out a subpar product and people say, yeah, I ate there, it wasn't very good. Yeah. And that's worse than probably anything else. You bad service yep. and bad food or cold food coming out, you know, because somebody can't get to those kind. So that again, that juggling act that's got to go on. Yeah. Yeah. It it's difficult. You know, like I said, it's not it's not that I have 15 years experience in it. Right. Or learn from somebody else. So might take me a little while before I push something out there. And it's mm-hmm. only because I'm really trying to think about every move before I actually make it. But you're starting 2024 with a new menu then. Yeah. So at Literally in December, or will it be like your January 2nd opening? Uh, well, the way things take to get ordered anymore, I'm still waiting on some plates. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, uh, it's pretty pretty solid now okay it's just um uh, i am i'm actually waiting for a couple a uh, couple things so i can do it once mm-hmm. and show the staff how to plate okay how to prepare how it needs to look how it needs to be measured and all of that so i'm hoping to get that done i would say by the end of this month okay cool mm-hmm. cool all right yeah it'll be good something to look forward to yeah well we have to talk about entertainment there, I, I was reading a Facebook post, a band had come to your place and hadn't been there before, and they just raved about it. And and they're playing there. You know, they just said yeah. it was a wonderful experience. And you have yeah. a lot of a lot of them booked. Yeah, so um, with the music, a lot of people that never been there before, they they just, they dig the vibe. They dig the vibe of Pine Island. Um, you know, they, they enjoy it here. They enjoy the, you know, the bar, the, like the vibe of the bar and everything. And you know, people don't get too rowdy. It's not. It's just people that come out and have a good time. And it's a. It's, it's a nice crowd. And, and well, Pine Islanders like, like live music. Oh yeah, yeah. 
It's a must. Yeah, you can't find it anywhere else. I mean, this is, you know, we have friends visiting us and they said we would be out every night. You have live music, you know, every night. In season, we're going to have something pretty much every night. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's very unusual. I can see why people are happy. Yeah. um, A lot of places will have maybe like a one-man band every night. Um, But like I said, in my opinion, even if I break even on certain things, typically I I feel like it's worth the investment to to build that reputation of no matter what, when you come to Froggies, it's going to be a great time. I think that's going to go a lot further than if you, you know, put $100 or $200 more out of your pocket. You know, I would pay that for advertising. You know, so good customer experience is good. Yeah, it seems like you do... Something special almost every day, like one day of the week is ladies' night, et cetera. Talk a little bit about what you do each day in terms of, um, you know, events or specials or entertainment. So Mondays in season, um, what we do on Mondays is we have Brother Love every other week. We just picked up another band, um, Southern Rush. Mm-hmm. They're going to be every other week. They're really good. They're country-style country band. Tuesdays um, were, I tried trivia for a little bit. That was pretty good. Um, but we're probably just going to go right to music uh, with a one-man band. So we're going to start having music consistently on Tuesday nights with one person. Wednesdays is ladies' night, karaoke night um, with Sammy Joe. Uh, Sammy Joe was she was there before when Ramana had the place, and we kept her on with karaoke. The only thing I changed is I just called it ladies' night. So it's happy hour specials all night for women on Wednesdays. Thursdays, we have the DJ. Fridays, live music, Saturday, live music. Uh, Sundays, we usually stick to mostly a duo. So still mm-hmm. picked up a little bit. Still Sunday, it's still the weekend for people that want to come in a little bit earlier from 6 to 9. I think your customers are going to like consistency too. Yeah. You know, if they know, you know, it's on these, a schedule like that. Yep. They'll always know, well, let's yeah. go here on Tuesday because of this. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's the goal. We talked about pizza being the most popular food choice, and I would guess by a mile at 50%. So um, in terms of um, drinks, do you know off the top of your head, like what what drink goes out the most? Tito's. Tito's vodka, vodka. really? Tito's vodka. Tito's vodka is 50% of my liquor sales. Wow. All drink sales, beer and liquor. Tito's. Oh, including beer. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it's a good vodka, don't get me wrong, but that's kind of crazy high, it seems. Yeah, and Well Vodka is right underneath of that. Yeah. So, so it's called Tito's or Well. Yeah. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wouldn't believe it either. I was actually having a conversation with uh, my my rep, and they said that Tito's is 50% of their, their sales. No kidding. All, all of their liquor, Yeah, which makes sense. Yeah. Is that the taste? You know, um, it's Texas, right? Isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Texas? Yeah. Like, uh, I couldn't really wow, tell you. I would I guess, have never guessed. Yeah. I mean, who, you know, there's so many vodkas. Yeah. Yeah. Tito's, Tito's is number one by yeah. a long, long mile. Good to know. And yeah. you have a full bar, which is really good mm-hmm. because, uh, you know, a lot of places are just wine and beer. Yeah. So a full bar can serve whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I, to be honest, I don't know if I would even try to get into just food and beer you know that the the margins are are so are so razor thin 
mm-hmm. with with my lack of experience of where I've even tried it. Right. Yeah. Now, did you? I'm always fascinated by draft choices. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm mostly a beer guy, but now, did you pick those, or did did you get help on the analysis of? Uh, I assume there might there might be, or I'm guessing there might be regional trends on beers that people like. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, your Bud Bud Lights are probably going to be in the play. Miller Lights, Coors Light, some of the more well known, but um, I know you've got Guinness and a couple other things. So how did you get to the draft beer selection, or has that been trial and error? Um, it was thought out at first and there's a little trial and error behind it. Uh, so you still want, you got to have your main players, which is going to be your Michelob Ultra. Mm-hmm. That, that's my highest selling beer by far. Oh, really? Okay. Um, Michelob Ultra, you have to have your Bud Light. You have to have, uh, your Miller Light just to have a different option for that part mm-hmm. of the country. Coors Light doesn't really fare that well on tap down here. Okay. They do okay in bottles. Mm-hmm. But um, after that Bud Light incident, uh, <laughs> a lot of that has, that, recover, of that has that recovered, or is it, it still it, it, it ticks down. back? It ticks back. <laughs> <laughs> People forget quick. So yeah, you have that, and then you want your like your Belgian beer, mm-hmm. like your Shock Tops or your Blue Moons. So you want to have that option. Guinness, I like Guinness. I I think when you go to a bar. Uh, I think you need a good stout, and Guinness is a staple. I'm a Guinness drinker, so. I was going to say, please don't give it to the Guinness. No. no. <laughs> Selfishly. No. No. When I, when I think of a tavern or a bar, I just think you need you need Guinness on, on tap. It's a nice light beer. Most people don't realize it's just as light as Bud Light is. They think it's a heavy, dark beer, but it's not. Well, that, yeah, absolutely true. And uh, the other funny thing, we were someplace several months ago, and uh, we're around St. Patrick's Day. Mm-hmm. And I had walked back from the bar, and I, I had a pint with him. And he goes, is that a Guinness? Mm-hmm. And I said, well, yes, it is. And he goes, I can't drink that. It's way too bitter. And I, so I looked at him. I said, you do know you're not supposed to drink the head, right? And he's like, what? I said, that's where the nitrogen and all the bitterness is. It's, but mm-hmm. to your point, it's not that heavy. Yeah. And it's, it, uh, I don't know if creamy is a good word for a beer, but it's smooth. It's a very smooth mm-hmm. uh, taste underneath that. So that was, uh, well, but get, you're right. If you're going to have a stout, yeah, it's probably the number one stout in the world. Yeah, by far. And most people don't know that it, it's not light in just calories um, and carbs, but it's also, it, it's light because it's infused with nitrogen. Mm-hmm. Uh, so nitrogen bubbles are smaller than, you know, carbon, you know, so um, you can actually... It's not. It's a lot less filling than if you would even drink a Bud Light or any other light beer. If I'm drinking beer, I like draft. <laughs> <laughs> As a barn owner, that's probably a good thing too, right? Yeah, <laughs> drafts a little bit better margin, I assume, than the others. Uh, it is. Yeah, it is. Now tell us, congratulations. Tell us how happy you are about winning three Best of Pine Island 2023. You won three awards. Yeah. No, that 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 was really good. I was. Very yeah, very happy. Um, best a, bar, right? Yeah, best bar. Best uh, bartender. Yep, and happy ever. Yeah, I'm highly critical of myself, so I don't I'll never know really know where I stand. So <laughs> it's it's good to receive a reward every once in a while. <laughs> and I think yeah. Alicia, we we knew her. She's one of the first people we met when we came to the island. She's yeah, excellent. So I'm not surprised she won that. She's probably run it multiple times too. She's so good. Yeah, she wins it almost every year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's, she's for good reason. Oh, she's excellent. Um, 
you know, like I say, the best employees that you could ever have are the ones that actually have a sense of pride. So mm-hmm. Leisha doesn't work for just her pocket or bar. She works for her sense of pride. She wants to make sure that she's providing excellent service. And she, she does that for her, you know, and, you know, the bar. But I, like I said, the old, I always say that your best employees are the ones that it doesn't matter if you ask them to clean a toilet. It's going to be the cleanest toilet that you've ever seen in their minds. And that's Leisha when it comes behind the bar. So without not releasing anything that you don't want to, yes, discuss other plans that you have in place for Froggies, you mentioned potentially some outside expansion and so forth. Um, Other things, I'm sure you'll keep evolving, right? I mean, that's the way you stay in business and make money and and remain successful. But um, any short-term, so we got a new menu end of month, Mm -hmm. et cetera. Any other kinds of things you're looking at in terms of um, what we can expect at Froggies? Um, Hopefully I can get a development order and start construction um, before 2025. I'm in the early stages of engineering right now and uh, concepts with um, what I can do with the outdoor. And again, I don't want to overbuild. Correct. And go too crazy because then that'll backfire as well. So Mm -hmm. that's another thing where you're dealing with um, engineers seeing what you can do and then maybe doing the math and figuring out the correct scale. But my plans for that is to have a really nice um, place to potentially be a venue, Um, nice big stage outside, Nothing huge, huge, you mm-hmm. know, like I said, but somewhere um, where we can take advantage of some of the um, lunch hours, some of the early, you know, where people can actually bring their kids, their grandkids, something like that. That's a little more family-friendly okay. outside where they can, because parents, like, you know, they like it too. If they can maybe come from even Cape Coral, something like that, come to a venue because they know it's family-friendly. Their kids can go dance and sing, you know, and play mm-hmm. while they have a couple drinks and lunch and they're entertained. You know, that's, that's something that I, that I always thought would be, would be good. Again, I don't know how, if that would be the demographic that it, it drew, but sometimes you kind of just have a vision for something and then you build it and you let the people dictate how they're going to use it. And then once you find how they're going to use it, then you start moving with them, you know. Can they access it to the canal? Yeah. With your new vision or what are you, you know? Yep. So that would, that's a plus right there. You'd be yeah. on the water and people can come by boat. Yep. So we'll be able to have people come by boat if they have access to the canal. Parking is going to double. So with those lots, and we're going to have you know, a lot, of, lot more parking for everybody. And an outdoor bar. So we'll have a nice outdoor, maybe tiki hut kind of style bar looking out on the canal with mm-hmm. um, with a nice nice outdoor stage some comfortable seating, you know, where people can kind of come hang out. Very nice. Mm-hmm. Now we've kind of touched on it. Um, just take us through the, well, everybody knows where it is. So I think we can skip the address <laughs> part, but confirm the hours. It's normally four to 12. Is that correct? And So it's, it's four to 12, except for Saturday and Sunday, Saturday and Sunday is 12 to 12, 12 to 12. Okay. Mm-hmm. And as far as knowing what's going on, would you say the Facebook page is the best place or um, yeah. things to do on Pine Island? Probably have the music. Yeah. So um, I advertise with Kevin Russell with things to do on Pine Island. So, and it's 
he goes and he puts a nice little thing together, and I typically just repost it onto the my Froggy's Facebook page. They see it there first. Okay. And that's definitely the easiest way. And as other bands advertise, we usually post ourselves or repost what's going on for the week. Is there anything that we haven't discussed that maybe you wanted to talk about today? No, I don't think so. Okay. So we covered it all? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> well, it's been amazing. I mean, it was very interesting to hear what you've done and how you brought it forward here with your build experience. Thank goodness for that experience that you had. Not yeah. that you want a hurricane, but look what you did with it. You turned it around, you know? Yeah. You made it made it better. Uh, thank you. This is gorgeous. I appreciate it. I hope everyone feels that way. Yeah. yeah. They do. Good. Good. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's easy to when you have a vision to make it how you want it to be, not what listening to your customers and what you believe like they would they would enjoy. So the one thing about the island that was always kind of odd to me is you rarely feel like you're on an island, you know. So mm -hmm. it's there's a lot of clubs and concrete buildings and things like that, but I really wanted to. Obviously, phase one of two with what I've done so far, I kind of wanted to capture that vibe of Pine Island, like an old fisherman kind of village, town, tavern for the inside. And then once I get to be able to do the outside, I'll be able to kind of take advantage of you know, the island vibe. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of landscape, trees. Tiki huts. Tiki huts, stuff like that, yeah. yeah. Nice boats. I see. I see sand dance floor in my future. <laughs> we need some sand around here. That would be nice. <laughs> cool. Well, thanks, Dennis. Yeah. It's been great. You're welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. We hope you enjoyed our Pine Island Experience podcast. If you have any ideas for us, people to interview, or any comments, please feel free to email them to us at pineislandexperience at gmail .com. That's pineislandexperience, all one word, at gmail .com. Don't forget to like us and you may subscribe to this podcast using all the major catchers like Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Thanks again for listening. And remember, island life is a constant vacation. We'll see you on the next podcast.